You are listening to a sermon podcast from Kingdom City. We pray that over the next few moments, you will be blessed, equipped, and empowered to bring the reality of God to your world. Good morning, everybody. Can you give me a big welcome? Can you give everyone in KL a big welcome? And can you give everyone online a big welcome? So uh, everyone in uh, Sudway and Putra, Come on, if you love Jesus, why don't you give him a shout? Everyone in Sunway, well look, we're at Sunway in, in uh, Subang, we're at Sunway in Putra and online, so come on, everyone in Sunway, why don't we give God some praise? And now everyone across KL and everyone online, if you love the Lord, this day give him some praise. Father, we are so grateful for you. We're honored to be in your presence, the young and the old alike, the rich and the poor alike, the shy and the bold alike, the traditional and the conservative and the out there. Lord, we're all here together under the one name that unites us, and that's the name of Jesus. I thank you today, Lord, that as your word is preached, hearts would be reached and there would be such an anointing in this room, an anointing to receive and an anointing to teach that we would forever be changed because of the power of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 High five your neighbor. Smile at them and then take your seats. Next weekend, as we've already heard, both here in Subang and in Kale and Putra is Easter weekend and all the services will be full. So I wanna encourage you to make sure you get there. Today is historically known as Palm Sunday, the Sunday before Easter Sunday. And that's why there's a big palm on the table there. And Palm Sunday triggered the week that some would call Holy Week. Holy Week is a run of days like no other week and it was a crazy week for Jesus 2,000 years ago or thereabouts. I don't know what sort of week you had, but listen to the week he had. On Sunday, today, the day, the week before Easter, he was heralded, heralded as king, like with, the, with, with, with adorned with palm leaves, people throwing their cloaks on the floor. Hosanna to the son of David, worshiping him. The day before was a pretty big day. You've heard these stories maybe in sermons or you've read them in Bible, but you've never identified the chronology of it. And the chronology was the Saturday before Palm Sunday was the day that Mary gave him that extravagant gift and anointed his feet with oil, that perfume, fragrance filled the house. You've heard that sermon. You've read that scripture. That was the day before. So that happened on the Saturday. Jesus is anointed. The next day he's hailed as king. It's a good weekend. Then Monday, the week of, he walks past a fig tree and there's no figs. And so he curses the tree. He goes into the temple and he cleanses it for the second time. 
He weeps over Jerusalem. So Monday was a clean out day. Beware if you don't bear fruit. Beware if you're doing the wrong thing in the temple. But he cleaned house on Monday. Anyone clean house on Monday? Jesus cleaned house on Monday. Tuesday, he leaves Bethany. He finds the fig tree withered. And he uses it as an opportunity to teach on faith. He teaches the disciples. He even pronounces woe on some of the cities who've seen far more and still believe less. Wednesday is a little bit silent, but there's a lot of activity at the station. Judas is working on his little business plan. The disciples are preparing for Passover. Thursday is a big day. You've read all these stories somewhere. John 13, he has the last supper with his disciples. It's there he washes their feet. It's there Judas leaves to go betray him. And that night, on Thursday night, he has a prayer meeting all by himself at Gethsemane. Friday, he comes out focused. He's denied by Peter. Good Friday. Tried by Pilate. Condemned by the people and crucified by the mob. The day Jesus died, Good Friday. Saturday, scriptures don't say much. But on Sunday, early Sunday morning. Early Sunday morning, a week from today, so to speak. He rose from the dead. I don't know what your week's like, but that's a big week. It's like there's parallels to Psalm 23. Starts Saturday, Sunday is like still waters, paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Thursday, Friday, tried, betrayed, denied, walked through the valley of the shadow of death in the presence of his enemies. All of that happens in Psalm 23, but it ends. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. The Holy Week was like Psalm 23, but I want to focus today on today, today, Sunday, Palm Sunday. And we want to look at the passage, given we've just finished this series, The King and I. It's fitting that today's Palm Sunday because it's the day Jesus comes to Jerusalem as King. And so let's read the account in Luke 19, verse 28 through 38. It says this, talking about Jesus coming to Jerusalem as king. Jesus, after he had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives. He sent two of his disciples saying to them, go into the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, the owners, its owners, asked them, why are you untying my colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down, the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples. You can all turn your phone off, put it on silent. It's just a nice thing to do. In Putra as well and online. <laughs> just to, to respect everybody else, that'd be great. If you don't know how to put your phone on silent, hand it to someone under 30, they will help you. The disciples began to joyfully praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. 
Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king. My message this morning is entitled, Throw Down Your Cloak. Throw down your cloak. Throw down your cloak. Throw down your cloak. Look at your neighbor, say, throw down your cloak. Look at the other neighbor, say, throw down your cloak. See, this is a message that comes from the passage that happened this day, however many years ago. And it's not just a welcome that he got. This was quite a scene. It wasn't just a dignitary or this is a great man. They were proclaiming, make no mistake, they were proclaiming Jesus as king. To declare Jesus as king, to sing Jesus as king, to celebrate Jesus as king. We, we did it this morning to adorn him with worship and rounds and rounds of singing Hosanna in the highest to the son of David. It's wonderful. It's true. It's stirring. It's, it's, it's powerful. Matthew's version of the same story in chapter 21 says, a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. They were waving them saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna, he's the king. See, a palm symbolizes victory. A palm symbolizes rulership. A a palm symbolizes king. So when they were waving a palm, they were saying, you are our king. You're our savior. You're our king. But the Bible says that while they were waving palms, which speaks of kingship, they were also throwing down their cloaks. They were laying down their cloaks on the floor, which speaks of surrender and yielded obedience. And here's the connection. The real price attached to the privilege of calling him king is obedience. Let me say that again for everyone in Putra. The real price attached to the privilege of calling him king is obedience. You don't get to call him king unless there's obedience. So the people were waving their palm leaves, but they also threw down their cloaks. See, to wave a palm leaf says he is king. To throw down my cloak says he's my king. Because that's personal. It's sacrifice. It's surrender. And before we get to see Jesus proclaimed as king, in the story, we see obedience that precedes it. We see obedience that precedes the hailing of Jesus as king. And that's the same. It's a prophetic picture of us today. Before we wave our palms and call him king, We have to first obey. Before you wave your palm in celebration, throw your cloak in obedience. Everyone say obedience. Obedience. It's not a fun word, but it's the only word. And we see obedience. Before Jesus comes in and they sing Hosanna, before Jesus comes in and they sing, you're worthy, you're king, whatever song they sang in that day. Before any of that could happen, obedience needed to happen. And we see obedience on a number of fronts. First, we see obedience from the disciple. Have you thought about what the disciples had to do? Think about it for a second. Get into the story. Two of the disciples were sent. Jesus gives them a mission. Go into a village, find this donkey, and take it. He basically said, steal. He didn't say, go into a village. When you find the donkey, just say, excuse me, who owns this donkey? Who owns this donkey? Oh, you, sir, I'm so sorry, but I'd like to give you some money. Can we rent it for the day? Um, We'll return it in mint condition, take picture. 
Check out where the scratches are. We'll be fine. That's called giving the disciples an errand. He didn't give them an errand. He gave them a walk by faith. Go. What sort of obedience is it? See, it's one sort of obedience to do a task. If I give someone a task, obedience is just to get the task done. It's a different thing when the task requires you to put your life at risk. Go there, take it. And if anybody happens to see it, just go, the Lord needs it. Okay, Lord, who's doing this one? One to just quickly. But the disciples were used to it. They left their nets, they followed him. They walked up hills, mountains, they followed him. They're like, Jesus says to do something, just do it. Just do it. They were used to finding out the miracle on the way. Because you see, the explanation often only happens. The, the miracle often happens in the obedience. It doesn't happen because you understand and go, oh, okay, that's a good task. Anyone ever so scared of your boss when he gave you a task in the world, you said, sure, and you walked out, you had no idea what he asked you to do. They knew what he asked. They're like, but just take it anyway. Like, better ask for forgiveness and permission. There's something about Jesus when he gives you instructions. It's so nerve-wracking because the obedience isn't just the performance of a task. It's the trust in the one who gave you the task. Pour the water into the wine glass. You know when you turn water into wine, you all know the story? Don't read it too fast. You might think Jesus turned water into wine goes, change. It's like, wow, look at this wine, amazing. Let's go show off the wine. No, that's not what happened. He told the servants, fill the water pots with water. As far as they can send, there was water in the pot. And he goes, now you filled it with water, go pour it into the glass in front of the master. Can you change it into wine first? Just do it. Just untie the donkey. Just pour the water. Okay, okay. Oh, wow. I knew it, I knew it. <laughs> See, to, to do this task required the sense of yielded obedience. Just go into the village. As you enter it, you'll find it. This is before GPS. Yeah. Four ways. Walk until you find the cult and then take it. And then just say the Lord needs it. You know, it sounds so simple. I remember when the Lord told me to come to Malaysia. Like, everyone goes, what are you doing? I don't know. I'm just going. I'm looking for a donkey. I found Jai. And I found Jason and Paul and Sean. Many Indian donkeys. A journey of faith where you just learn to trust. Just learn to trust. You just go and see what happens. And there have been so many stories since. You know, remember in pandemic, we're like, we're going to start an online campus. I mean, go to Malaysia, at least you know where you're going and you know what to do. You know where to start. Now, the, the online campus, now, and today, there's our online campus is in this service. Thousands of people connected. In fact, we have started new cities and new countries. 
because we just started walking into a village, the online village, and just see what the Lord does. What's He asking you to do that requires you to go, oh my gosh. Maybe He's asking you to invite someone to Easter next weekend. And you're like, oh, but I don't know what to do. You know, I remember the first time I felt the sense of weight of, oh my gosh, what am I doing? And, and, and it was years ago, while I was a lawyer, the Lord asked me, and some of you who've been around a long time might have heard the story, but many of you haven't because you're fairly new to church. The Lord asked me to go and pray for the sick in hospitals. And I was feeling so nervous about what is it? How do you do that? I mean, I know that's where the sick are, but I can't just walk in. I'm a lawyer. They don't trust lawyers. <laughs> walk into a hospital, what are you going to do? I'm not a pastor. I'm not a... Anyway, and so I, I did nothing because he didn't give me plans. Some of us are so scared to obey. Before you can wave the palm, you have to throw down the cloak of fear. You have to throw down the cloak of security. You have to be willing to throw down your cloak of, I must know everything. Throw down the cloak, and I promise you, it'll turn out okay. I did nothing because I was so scared. I didn't know what to do. What do you mean, go pray for this thing? So I did nothing. And, and then eventually, this thing started to eat away at me. And I'm a lawyer. I got one-hour lunch break, so I went, caught a bus to the nearest hospital, the largest hospital. And I thought, I, well, he didn't tell me. See, some of us are so conservative, we're waiting for the blueprint. But God is waiting for the footprint. He's waiting for you to move. You want all the A, B, C, D, E, F, G. He just wants you to see you move. What's he asked you to do that you're waiting for a full, foolproof plan? It's not going to happen. So I got on the bus. I thought, oh, man, what are you going to do? You're a lawyer. You have one-hour lunch break. 15 minutes gone, 45 minutes to go. Walk into the hospital. Hi, I'm a lawyer. I'd like to pray for the sick. The Lord sent me. I don't know what I'm going to tell him. And as soon as I got on the bus for the first time after three months, for three months I did nothing. Then I heard the voice of the Lord. Ask for the chaplain. I'm like, wow, why didn't you tell me this earlier? Because I was waiting for you to move. Some of us want to hear the voice of God, but he wants to hear our steps before he lets us hear his voice. So I said, so like, oh, a chaplain. I, don't know. I didn't know what the chaplain was. I didn't know who the chaplain was, but I'm just glad I heard God. Because I'm like, oh, I heard his voice again. That's amazing. That's a great plan. I didn't think of that. So I walked into this huge hospital. No idea what I'm going to say. Go up to the reception. Hi. She goes, hi. Uh, how are you? Good. Um, I'd like to see the chaplain, please. She goes, uh, which one? I didn't know there were choices. And she said, uh, I said, what are my choices? She said, Catholic. Church of England, Lutheran. I said, oh. <laughs> Which one, Lord? <laughs> I don't think any of them are going to lie. The Lord has need of me. Um, yeah, just uh, Church of England. I just picked one. I literally just picked any, mini, miny, mo. You're like, that's not very spiritual. Do you know they drew lots to decide the, the 12th apostle? Yeah. Our equivalent is one, two, juice. <laughs> oh, we used to play lat, tali, lat. You all do uh, yeah, that's how they picked apostles. Anyway, so I picked Church of England. She goes, do you know him? I go, no. Do you have an appointment? No. He's not expecting you? No. Are you sick? I'm like, yeah, in the head. <laughs> I feel sick. I'm going to vomit. She goes, oh, okay. She put the security glass down and then called her chaplain. And then so about 10 minutes later, the, cha the chaplain walks down. And I'm like, I know you. It turned out the chaplain of the Church of England 
was the Anglican vicar that used to preside over the Anglican parish where some of my extended family used to go. And I used to go there occasionally. And he goes, I know you. I go, I know you. Oh, wow. I said, you're the Church of England chaplain. He goes, well, not really. I am. I've been on locum replacing him for three months. Today is my last day. I was like, wow. Okay. I said, uh, I don't know how you're going to take this, but um, Lord has asked me to come to the hospital to pray for the sick. And he goes, look, I know you're not a terrorist. I said, good. Good start. I know you're not crazy. I know your family. Good. Good start. Long story short, within two weeks, they made me an honorary chaplain to pray for sick people in the hospital as a lawyer. But it starts with going to the village, see a donkey, take it. Yeah, but Lord, I have five questions. Just go. Just go and pray for the sick and the story will unfold. What does he ask you to do that you're still waiting on? Go start that business. Go reach out to that person. Go forgive them. What has he asked you to do that you're just so scared? There's no right to wave the palm until you first throw down the cloak. And the cloak of reputation, the cloak of what will people say? Maybe, maybe this week the Lord is going to put on your heart someone to invite this Easter, Good Friday. In Putra, he's got it on your heart. That house will be filled. But, but, but Lord, but, but I don't know what I'm going to say. Say the Lord has need of you. The Lord has need of you. It's, it's just so much of this journey is walked out rather than worked out. Ready, Fire, Aim is not just a good book. It's actually how walking with God looks. But the disciples were obedient. And that's why we have Hosanna. The disciples were obedient. God's looking for obedient disciples today. God is looking for, not for sitting disciples, but obedient ones. Ones who are willing to get up and go into the village, go into the highways, go into the byways, go through the Klang Valley, go through your city and say, you know what? We are willing to go and untie whom the Lord has asked us to untie because the Lord has need of you. But it wasn't just the disciples who were obedient. The owner was obedient. Think about it. The owner sees two strangers untying his donkey and says, what are you doing? And he didn't call the cops. Because the disciples says, um, yeah, I know it looks bad, but um, the, would you believe the Lord has need of it? The Lord needs your donkey. Yeah, sure, the Lord needs the donkey. You're stealing my animal. The Lord needs it. Don't ever use the Lord as an excuse. Mary got pregnant, come home, parents, what happened? The Lord did it. Uh, The Lord has need of it. It's, it's the truth. It's the truth. It's just, you know, I think when the disciples said those words, the Lord has need of it, something in this guy's heart melted, resonated, came alive. But he still had a choice. And he had to obey. His obedience was not about his steps. His obedience was about his stuff. All of us are owners in some regard. You might be renting your house, but you're still an owner. You, maybe you own some possessions. Maybe you own, you like, you know, you tell your children, I own you. <laughs> you own something. You own your career. You own your choice. You own decisions. But as an owner, we have to surrender our possessions. We have to obey not just with our steps, but with our substance. Obedience is not just with our plans, but with our possessions. That's why tithing is always a 
trust test. Will you trust God with the first portion of your possessions? Honor the Lord with your possessions is what the scripture says. Do you have possessions? Or do possessions have you? Because there's a difference. And before you can wave the palm, you have to lay down the cloak. And maybe the cloak is not the plans of a risky step into a village or a hospital. Maybe the, 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 the cloak today is some possessions that you're holding on to. Maybe it's the owner's cult. Maybe it's a little boy's lunch. Little boy, can, I, can Jesus have your lunch? No, mine. My lunch. But an owner giving a cult, a little boy giving his lunch, and we have miracles to tell for it. We have stories to tell for it. I remember the very first time the Lord asked me for something significant in my life, and it was so... Um, so hard because the first year I worked as a lawyer uh, I, you didn't earn much money then as a first year lawyer and I saved up after spending whatever I had to do on responsible things tithing all of that I had left over after one year of savings 5,000 Aussie dollars about 15,000 ringgit saved up after one year and I worked so hard to save it up because I wanted to buy my own keyboard and it was this thing called the Trinity John remembers the Trinity not the Trinity that is just a call the Trinity and it, it was a great keyboard. It cost $5,000. So all my savings went to my first purchase to buy this keyboard. I was like, wow, it's amazing. And I enjoyed it and I loved it for four months. Because after about four months, I was thinking, wow, this is so good. I've got my keyboard. I can worship you. I can play. I can enjoy. One day the Lord said to me, I want you to give your keyboard to that man. And I'm like, you know who's that man? Some random guy who's a pastor in India. And I remember the first time I heard it, I remember where I was in church, and the Lord said, give your keyboard to him. I was like, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> the devil is a liar. I renounce you, I rebuke you, I detach you, I dismiss you. But I knew it wasn't the devil. I mean, this guy happened to be a pastor in India. His church was believing for a keyboard. In fact, he had a brochure on his bed and he used to look at it and he used to saw the, the same model of the keyboard I bought and that's the one he was praying for. Yeah, wow, but it's my keyboard. <laughs> you say wow, it's your keyboard, see if you say wow. I was like, oh man, God. It's like, I don't know, if, you know, why don't God you tell a millionaire to go buy a keyboard for that guy from a shop which has already hundreds of keyboards? Why you must take the widow's mite? Why you must take this, all my savings of one year work? I'm Uriah the Hittite. Go get it, I'll go get someone else. But I knew I had to surrender, I had to obey. It's an obedience thing. And I even bought this really nice travel case, John. It was so awesome because in my mind, I was going to travel around the world and play. I don't know what for, but I just in my mind, I was enjoying A little did I know the travel case was going to be sent to take this keyboard back to India. So I took it to this guy's house. He was staying in Perth at the time. And I went to his house and he was staying with some family. His wife is from Perth. So I knocked on the door and I'd become friends with him. And I said, hi. He goes, hi. I said, what's this? I said, it's my keyboard. He goes, what? I said, what did you bring it for? He thought I was coming just to play some songs for his house. I said, um, no, the Lord told me to give it to you. 
he falls to the ground shaking and crying. I'm like, just say thank you, please. <laughs> but he's falling on the front. But he was so overwhelmed because he didn't he realized that's the same keyboard his church was praying for. Anyway, it's a good story. It just took me a while to get there. But this owner, the owner's obedience to surrender his possessions triggered the miracle, triggered Hosanna. Before you want to wave your palm, you have to throw down your cloak. And maybe your cloak is a possession. Maybe your cloak is a thing. Maybe your cloak is an item. But all of us need to say, God, whether it's my plans or my possessions, it belongs to you. Everyone say obedience. Throw down your cloak. But there's one more person in the story who obeyed. We talk about the disciples' obedience and the owner's obedience, but have you ever thought about the donkey? Donkeys have feelings too. The donkey had to obey. The disciples obeyed. The owner obeyed. You imagine if a, imagine if a, if a king walked into a farm and said, okay, you're the owner of the farm? Yes. I want you to sacrifice your cow because I'm the king, you have to do it. The owner starts crying. And then he goes to the cow. And the, you know what the cow say? What are you crying about? Why are you so sad? Because for you, you're yielding a possession. For me, I have to yield my life. It's one thing for me to give you something I own, but what if the thing I own has feelings? Everybody say, I'm a disciple. Say, I'm an, I'm an owner. Say, I'm a donkey. I'm a donkey. Look at your neighbor say, you're a donkey. <laughs> In Putra, say, you're a donkey. We're all disciples, we're all owners, but when it's all said and done, we're all donkeys. See, the disciple surrendered his plan, the owner surrendered his possession, the donkey surrendered his purpose. From that day on, the cult had a new mission, had a new purpose. I remember the day I gave up law, it was like quite a big deal. Because I was basically saying, you know, I was happy to give up possessions, but to give up my purpose? Wow, that was a whole different deal. You know, and, and by the way, when you give your purpose to God, don't, don't always think it always has to end badly. Some people are like, you know, when I wanted to be a pastor, people are like, what's wrong with you? You want to be poor? You're a lawyer. Just give money to the pastors. Don't give up your purpose. Give up your possessions. Give up your plan, give up your position, now give up your purpose. But I want to tell you that when you say, I'm a donkey, and you allow Jesus to ride on you, yeah. you will be blessed. But never forget, no matter how blessed you are, you're the donkey. That's right. <laughs> you imagine that cult, that day going, wow. Okay, you know, the cult, had, the cult had feelings. First, these two strangers are untying him. Imagine if a stranger just goes and unties your child. It's like, what? Where's my owner? Where's my owner? And the owner's like, the Lord has need. Ha, ha, now you also abandoned me. But then he realized, wow, I've got the privilege of carrying Jesus. And it begins the procession. And as he sees the procession, he sees people waving palms and throwing it at his feet and laying their cloaks this donkey, he's gone from 
disadvantaged and marginalized to, wow, wow, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I was thinking of getting a real donkey today. But you know, sometimes we forget we're just a donkey. People start going, wow, that's amazing. And you're like, thank you, thank you. And then you need the prophet Shrek to come up and go, it's not you, donkey. It's not you. Never forget, no matter how blessed you are, they're not praising you, donkey. They're not admiring you, donkey. They're praising the one you carry. They're worshiping the one you carry. No matter what happens in your life, they're not praising you, donkey. They're praising the one you carry. When they see your business prosper, when they see your business multiply, remember they're not praising you, donkey. They're praising the one you carry. When they hear your voice, when they see your skill, when they watch you perform, they're not praising you, donkey. They're praising the one you carry. When they see the great family you've raised, and how they're well-behaved kids. They're not praising you, donkey. They're praising the one you carry. When they see how God is using you all over, they're not praising you, donkey. They're praising the one you carry. That's why no matter what Kingdom City does, I'm always aware I'm just a donkey. And so are you. We're all just donkeys. They're praising the one we carry. Whatever good comes from your life, all the glory goes to God. Whatever good comes to your life, all the honour goes to God. Just say, I am a donkey and I get to obey. I get the privilege of carrying Jesus and what a privilege it is in my life, in my work, in my family, in everything I do to carry the one who's worthy of all praise. So when I see the cloaks fall and the palms sway, I remember what a privilege it is to be a part of the move of God. What a privilege every carrier has in this room. If you're a carrier, stand to your feet right now in Putra and here in, in, in Subang. And if you're not a carrier, you're a carrier of the presence of the Lord. Remember, when, when, we, when we honor the carriers, we're honoring the one you carry. We're honoring the one who sits upon the throne, who sits upon your back, who sits upon your life. So let's all stand across this auditorium and in, and in Putra and, and even online. Father, what a privilege this Palm Sunday to be the donkey you ride on, to be the colt. Lord, for years, for the time that's been and the time to come, thank you, Lord, that every person in this room is is hopefully willing to be a disciple that will surrender their plans and follow you. An owner who will surrender their possessions and give to you. And a donkey that surrenders our purpose and carries you. May we be disciples who follow you, owners who give to you, and donkeys who carry you. I thank you, Lord, that today is a day, Palm Sunday, that we would be so aware, so aware, so aware. Do you know, the ultimate act of obedience was not the disciple, was not the owner, and was not the donkey. They were the forerunners to Jesus being hailed as king. 
but they were a prophetic sign of the greatest act of obedience which was going to come later that week. Later that week, five days later, where Jesus threw down his cloak, where Jesus threw down his cloak, where he threw down his plan and he said, not my will, but yours be done. Aren't you glad for God who said, not my will, but yours be done. He threw down his possession. What was his possession? His very body. He said, even my body I don't own. I'd lay it down. He threw down his purpose and he laid down not just his cloak, he laid down his life. And you and I today can wave a palm because Jesus 2,000 years ago laid down his cloak. Before you wave your palm, lay down your cloak. Before you wave your palm, lay down your cloak. And so right now, maybe there are people all over this auditorium and in Putra and online. And in your heart of hearts, as I've shared, you maybe sense, man, I got to surrender. And I don't know what the Lord will do with your lunch, with your colt, with your jar of water. I don't know what He'll do with your steps, with your seasons, and with your stuff. But I know that He's God and He knows He has a plan. You know, really, the joy of going to hospitals and praying for the sick, I got stories to tell. The joy, all jokes aside, of being able to give my possession away and see a church blessed in another nation. The joy of giving up a career is nothing compared to what Jesus did. He gave it out, He laid down His plans, His possession, and His purpose. And today, I'm talking to every disciple. You're like, I don't have any palms to wave. You've got two at the end of your hands. And in a moment, we're going to worship the Lord. And you can wave your palms. You can worship Him this Palm Sunday. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you have never entered into a relationship with Jesus, we want you to know that He loves you very much. So much that He died on the cross for all of your sins that stood between you and God. If you would like to make a decision to follow Jesus today, all you need to do is to repeat this prayer. Dear God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I admit that I'm not right with you and I want to be right with you. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for saving me and making me your child. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or if God has done anything in your life because of this podcast, we would love to know. Email us at testimony at kingdomcity.com.